When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right here on 1049, the horn. It is midweek movie music edition of All Don't Lie. That's when my man Patrick uh, takes songs from a soundtrack of a movie and plays those songs from for us. And based on those selections, we're supposed to uh, gather clues and hints uh, that'll help us uh, come to the conclusion of what the featured movie is for midweek movie music. My man Hard did it on the very first try today, uh, and it was Blues Brothers, and uh, it's pretty good. I gotta admit, very impressed by that. Um, so a lot of Fans of Blues Brothers on the Specs text line as well. 512-337-3776. So shout out to my man Patrick the Idealionaire uh, once again, uh, keeping us on our toes. But apparently he wasn't uh, he wasn't as cryptic as he thought. Because he, he thought he was going to be cryptic playing little Tammy Wynette. Stand by your man at the beginning and nobody was going to get it. Turns out like four or five very clever Blues Brothers fans jumped on Including my man E. Reigns. E. Reigns got Reigns it too. jumped on it too. Sent me a text at Blues Brothers. I guess if I would just read the text, I could have found. I could have figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I read my text on air doing the show. Uh, but great job from my man Hard. You figured it out. Uh, all right. We got to get into Texas men's basketball. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, we'll talk some Texas uh, basketball because also a Texas com- Mitt, he uh, made the uh, McDonald's All-American team. Got some love there. Also, uh, we got to get into some Longhorn conversation, actually Longhorn football-related conversation, because we now know the time of the spring game in addition to, well, of course, we already knew the date because yeah, we know that CDC answers bots via Twitter. Uh, I'm just joking with whoever that person was. Uh, but still, he did answer a fan and told them the game would be on April 15th. But now we know the exact uh, actual time as well. So we'll get into that. Uh, there was also something else Longhorn related we're supposed to get into. And I we were talking about McDonald's All-American. We were talking about yes, that as well. I but did mention that, and we'll get into that too. But uh, those are some man we'll, So we'll talk about that. And if we can't get to all of it, then we'll spill it over into Rod's round the day. Yeah, on that, on that uh, save the day. Uh, orange and white game, April 15th, 1 p.m., brought to you by the Texas One Fund. You get in free, but bring your checkbook. Uh, yeah. Texas <laughs> yeah, uh, donations, donations. And, uh, appreciate y'all's donations there. <laughs> exactly. uh, so yeah, one. We PM like the ones the that game. jingle, but we prefer the ones that fold. Mm-hmm. Damn right. Yeah, don't bring the kind of jingle. That ain't what they mean when they say make it rain. Are they gonna pass around the plate? Sprinkle. They gonna pass around the plate at the game? church plate. That's yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Like uh, the Blues Brothers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can just Venmo them. <laughs> CDC, I believe he got the Venmo there too. He, he does. Just, yeah, <laughs> you just use the barcode. They have those all over the state. Barcode. 
Yeah, yeah. Cute code there. Yeah, code. Boom. You can just get that there. Uh, all right. Uh, let's get to some Longhorn uh, men's basketball talk here. Okay. See, uh, the men won uh, in impressive fashion, by the way, 89-75 over Oklahoma State. Shocking that Oklahoma State was considered before going into this contest one of the best defenses in the country, not only in the Big 12. Remember the last contest, both teams barely combined to make it over 100 points. Um, in this contest, 89-75, a lot of points scored. Um, but Texas turned it into a bit of a shootout which I said prior to the game, or I don't think Oklahoma State could keep up with this game if it became high-scoring. Uh, and Texas defense, of course, that's their identity. Uh, but they were able to score some points in this game, 89 points, and they did that without uh, some of their best uh, creators, if you will, uh, their best scorers, guys like Tyrese Hunter and guys like Serge Boy Rice, not having great games. They got a lot of juice from players like Dylan DeSue and Brock Cunningham in this game. Yeah, and that's the that was the difference maker, you know, you get a big game from Brock. I think it was his career high with 15 points. You talked about Dylan DeSue being able to get up and down the floor. And I know somebody was talking about he's he's not as fast as all the others, but the effort is there every single time. You, you don't have to worry about that. He's going to give you everything that he has. He picked up some fouls because he does kind of get over his skis a little bit because he's mm. trying to do so much. But I, I thought it was huge to watch what Brock uh, – Brock Cunningham was able to do from the three-point line, being very consistent from there, five or six on the day, two or two from free throw line. But Timmy Allen, Timmy Allen was very consistent again, 17 points, and that's the area that we expect Timmy Allen to be in. 15 to 17 is the more comfort Mm -hmm. level. Um, When he's not being active, that's a problem. If he's getting in foul trouble that keeps him out of there, that, that also brings a different energy. But the guard play, as always, Marcus Carr doing his thing. There's some things that I, 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 I'm, I'm still working myself through with Marcus Carr. But uh, when they get all those guards, and you brought it up earlier, Rod, talking about the small lineup, when they go out there with all those guards, that puts a lot of pressure on the other squad, especially when they get ahead. Because mm-hmm. your big men are not going to be able to run up and down the floor with those guards. Yeah. yeah, and Marcus Carr, That's I think a big thing is he his off-the-ball play is so good, and he wants to be a more ball-dominant guy just because – and I get, like, you want to be a point guard because NBA scouts and that, that's what you're feeling. Man, I'm going to be a point guard in the league. I'm going to be the guy, so if I want to play, I got to get to – I got to have the ball and take mm-hmm. it to the court. You're like, no, man, you just need to go out and play your best basketball, which I think this coaching staff has got him to be like, look, if we have Tyrese Hunter come up and do this – it's pulling the defense in different ways where you're able to get matchups that you like, yep. and we're able to put you in a position where you're in a better position to win. And uh, so I think he's been doing there. Yeah, I agree with you, Timmy Allen. He had a shot. He'd been because he'd been struggling the last couple games. Uh, he had a jump shot early in this game, and I was like, oh, that's that's got to feel good. And once he got that first one in, we started to see some more fall in. And yeah, and then Brock Cunningham. It's not just that he scored 15 points; it's that he missed one shot in it, right. and mm-hmm. that was just a, a layup that I think he left short. Right. Yeah. Right. But it was when you're like, oh no, he's he's made 15 points, but it wasn't on, you know, a bunch of shots. He wasn't right, trying right, too much. Right. He literally just when the situation was right, knew when to take the shot and was able to do it and and convert. Uh, this is very a team, efficient. It's <laughs> what you want to see with an older team, though. Is you were supposed to when I came in and Harge asked me yesterday when I walked in, he goes, "How are how's Texas going to do?" And I go, "We should win." And what they do? They went out and won. They yep. did exactly what they were supposed to do. They it did. wasn't. Covered. Any thrills? Covered it wasn't any too. thrills. Yeah. It was just, hey, man, we went out and played solid basketball. All the things we had faults at, it was one of their better rebounding games, I mm-hmm. think. 
Uh, they did well there. And again, Musa Cisse was out for Oklahoma State, so I don't want to. So we we won't mention that it was they were missing a big mm-hmm. man, but. That's not your fault. You just need to go out there and play basketball. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I, I so a lot of maturity from this team. Uh, they've been able to they bounce back really well after down performances or subpar performances. Um, but what you really like about this team now is they're finding different ways to win. The most consistent part of the team is the defense, which has been consistent for the most part. They've had some lapses this year, but it is the Big Twelve and Marcus Carr. Yep. who has just been phenomenal. 21 points, 7 of 11 uh, in that game, and he is making a case for Big 12 Player of the Year in the most competitive college football, college basketball conference in the country. Uh, his third game with at least 20 points, 3 assists, and 2 steals while shooting at least 55% from the field. No other Big 12 player has more than one yeah. such performance. Yeah, that's, he's, that's huge. He's been extremely efficient, um, and so he's he's been the guy that kind of sets the tone for you offensively, but we talked about how Timmy Allen has been extremely malleable and timely uh, when he needs to step up, and he knows exactly what role he needs to play. In this game, he, he was that guy. Uh, yep. With 17 points and six rebounds, uh, he was exactly where and when and who, who you needed him to be in this matchup. And you got a ton of juice from Dylan DeSue. I mean, those 20 minutes, that was, I mean, 12 points, eight rebounds, two blocks, three steals. I don't know if anybody gave you more juice on both ends of the floor in that matchup than Dylan DeSue. No, no. He gave he gave you what he, he could, and he gave you his all. And that's the impressive part. And, and one thing about Dylan and – Patrick was there early in the season where he was telling us about his knee and his sleeve that he was having to wear, and he just didn't feel comfortable. Now he's not even wearing a sleeve. He's out there running up and down the floor, and he seems to be getting a lot more comfortable with himself on the court. We're playing without fear. I guess that's the best way to look at it. And one of the other things that I I wanted to point out, and my man Chip Brown over at Horns 24-7, he pointed this out too. Texas free throw shooting has gotten so much better here lately. They lead the Big 12 overall with a 75.1% free throw percentage for the season, but they also are shooting 82% uh, for for conference play. That's huge for Texas because, remember, they were struggling for a while from the free throw line. And I know it's a different regime and different types of players are getting there, Late in the game, when you need those free throws, when you're tired mentally and you step up there and you can knock those down, that's the beautiful part about that. Yeah, I mean, how many times have I told you, it's like, what do you do when you get, when you're not shooting well, you go and you try and get fouled, you get to the free throw line. And if you can't shoot free throws, that plan can backfire very quickly because now you're driving out there getting hit and then you go up and get a one and one and you miss the first one and now your possession is worthless. And so I... It, there, it, it is a big, big thing to be able to hit your free throws. Uh, you want it to be able to continue. I mean, for a college basketball team to be shooting 85% and even higher in in basically in the late yeah. games is just a really, really big number. Yeah. So you just yeah. hope they'll be able to continue to do it in big games. And, I mean, you've got a bunch of big games coming up. So yep. this is where we'll see in these next four. If you can keep that free throw percentage up, it is a big edge that not a lot of basketball teams in college have. What yeah. do you call it? Clutch? 
Clutch time. Yeah. Clutch time. Last, that's the free throws. That's the free is. throws, too. No, and, and you're right about that. And Texas in the second half, they were 19 of 20 mm-hmm. uh, on free throws, 23 of 27 for the game. But, yeah, I mean, that's been great for them down the stretch when you know teams are fouling them, putting them at the line, uh, but they're able to close out those games on the free throw line. That's been big for Texas. Um, one, the, one other thing I thought was big was the three-point shooting in this game. You talked about it earlier, Harge. Man, the shot selection on three-pointers was just fantastic yes. for Texas. Yeah. I mean, they were 8 of 13, but they were all good three good, they were good, you know, looks. good shot selections. They were good looks from the three-point yeah. range. Oklahoma State, the opposite. They were 8 <laughs> of 26 from three-point range, uh, so they really struggled. That was also – that disparity was a big part of why Texas separated, and Oklahoma State could never close that gap. Uh, they got The closest they got in the second half was about six points, I believe. Uh, they never closed the gap to fewer than that. Well, you talk about it and you say <laughs> – Texas shoots 50%, almost 51% on field goal percentage, mm-hmm. 61 and a half points. 61. <laughs> 61 from three. That's crazy. And then you shoot 85% from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you should win most of those games when you're being that efficient as a scorer, yeah. as a team. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, well, you're talking about 60-plus percent from three-point range. <laughs> it should be an, not an easy victory, but it should be a commanding one, right. and especially come out with Texas' defense. Right. Uh, but I was just impressed that against Oklahoma State's defense, Oklahoma State offensively, actually, that's a good game offensively for Oklahoma State. 75. Yeah. They don't really score a lot of points. Uh, they got a top 15 defense in the country. Themselves, uh, yeah. Texas scored 89 points on them. I that it, Without Serge Aubrey Rice or Tyrese Hunter having you know big games offensively, I thought that, to me, showed Texas uh, really offensively. They could be malleable in how they need to win games offensively. They don't need... Uh, they don't need all all parts to be clicking at the same time. As long as Marcus Carr can just kind of create his own shot, which he man, how, I would love to see the number, uh, at least the percentage on his little step back, the little fade away, where step yeah, back yeah. fade away. I, in the last few weeks, it's looked real good. <laughs> it does. Yeah, you're right. You don't really feel good about it when he d- takes it all the time. You're like, but, oh, great I shot. Know, but like great the shot. third or fourth Woo. one he's been taking when he's made the first three. All right, yeah. exactly. He's, he's feeling it. He, he did, he's you know feeling what? it. That's kind of his little heat checker. Yep. When he, he does a little fadeaway step back, man, if it hits, he's on. Yeah, that means but, you're in trouble on the other mm-hmm. side. But yeah. we saw that this is what Texas offense, they really like it to be most of the season, which is attacking inside, attacking at the basket, go trying to get down there, and then if your defense comes out on you, you kick it over to a Bishop or a DeSue or a Dylan Mitchell, and you get one of them to try and get it into the bucket. Or if they don't come off of them, have them pull back and you go straight to the bucket, and mm-hmm. when they do that, what you'll see is teams will then go, well, they're attacking too much, let's go into a zone, and when you have a zone, that's when Texas just hit big threes, and you can't play zone if they're hitting threes because just yeah. you just pass around the perimeter yep. until a guy's open, and if he hits threes, like there was one Tyrese Hunter's 1-3 came right when they went to zone, they just passed the ball, hit a three, and you're like, well, there goes that zone, they ain't going to play that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Tyrese Hunter would have five points, I believe. Total. Yeah, but it was yeah. a big three because right. it, it, it killed that zone and it killed and just all of a sudden just sucked it out of the Oklahoma State that they they were like, okay, if we we get we're getting hit in a couple of our shots and we'll slip in this zone and protect the rim and all they hit a three. Yep, you're yep. right about that. Yeah, so te- yeah, Texas. Every time Oklahoma State tried to battle back, Texas would answer and they would just could put the kibosh on it. And that yeah. end of the first half, <laughs> man. That was huge that they Correct. pushed that back out to eight. Yep. Like that's Texas has been pretty good at finishing halves this year, and that was a big one to go in when it got down to three. It could have gone either way, 
And I think we saw we've seen it a couple times this year where that that lead slips right in then. Yep. And they go into half down one or tied, and then come back out and lose the second half. This one they had that cushion of eight points, which meant when the other team went on when Oklahoma State gets five points and goes on a five zero run. Yep. You're not down six anymore. You're mm-hmm. up three, which is a lot easier to rebound from. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it seemed like uh, Texas. It is all around uh, that they really answered all the questions Correct. that you need them to answer versus Oklahoma State. So great win, and they need it because they'll need a lot of confidence, gentlemen, going into these next four games. Next four matchups are going to be an absolute beast for them. Yeah, that's uh, what I was about to say. Whew. We should enjoy this victory because now the road gets bumpy. Yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> it's a Herculean task ahead of them. I mean, it's the Big it's the, it's the big 12. It's the Big 12. Anyway, but then you got to yeah. go on the road to play Tennessee now, and that's on Saturday. So you got a little time to get ready for that and get rested up. But then you got Big Monday mm-hmm. uh, matchup against Baylor after that. So you got number four, Tennessee, on the road uh, on Saturday. Then you got Monday at home versus number, I think, 17 Baylor, wherever they are right now. Mm. Um, then you got road trip back to backs against number nine Kansas, number five K State. So, next four games, gentlemen, uh, if you can split them, that to me would be that'd be good. That'd mm-hmm. be impressive. That don't is lose back to back games. That's it. Just don't lose back to back games. I agree yep. with that too. Yep. Yep. That, that's that's all. I just don't look. I want you to win three out of four. I think you can win three out of the four of the games here. Uh, but yeah, just don't lose back to. If you go to Tennessee and it's a road game, it's in a different environment because SEC they're playing a different style of basketball than yeah. you've been playing. Like the Big Twelve is a beat them up, and it's going to be a culture shock of going to the SEC, and it's a different style. So you're going to have to play. You know that you that one may slip away. You hope it doesn't. It's a good Tennessee team. It's Rick Barnes. You know wants to get a W. So, it, but if that does, then you need to be prepared to turn it around on a Monday night and go, that's fine. Don't matter. We're still the number one team in the Big 12. Let's go prove it. Let me, let me ask what? you guys this. Okay, let me ask you guys this. If I'd have told you at the beginning of the year that Iowa State, K-State, and Texas were the top three teams in the Big 12 conference and the bottom three teams were Texas Tech, West Virginia, and Oklahoma, would you believe it? No. <laughs> exactly. But I also wouldn't believe that Brock Purdy would be starting quarterback <laughs> for the 49ers in the NFC title game, and he'd be right now considered statistically the best quarterback in the NFL in the last seven weeks. And, and not only that, up for rookie of the year. And up for rookie of the year. Like, what? what world are we living in? What alternate universe that, did we land in that's here? That's where we're at in basketball. That's exactly. K-State so, basketball hey, with man. a new coach, a bunch of transfers, hey, man, I, is right at the top. Hey, let Stuff me tell happens. you, Jerome Tang, He's that dude is up for coach of the year right yep. now. That dude, National. Hey, yeah, no, yep. national. Like that, The turnaround he put at K-State, coming out of Baylor, been with Scott Drew forever. Ever as yep, an assistant, yep, yep. finally taking a head coaching job, and what we've seen out of K State this year, I think everybody thought, "Oh, he's going to come out and have a good year at the Big Twelve. They'll be competitive." I mean, he's he's playing like he wants to win now. Lots of games in the tournament, exactly, yeah. and uh, the whole damn thing. And that is when you're <laughs> like looking major at, league, yeah. the, the best conference. The in, <laughs> <damn thing. laughs> when you look at the best conference in basketball, and you to have that turnaround and be that competitive right now, leading in the in the driver's seat with Texas and Iowa State. You got to put him in the conversation. Let yep. me ask you this, because you guys said you know two and two is acceptable. Uh, Patrick, you said don't lose back to backs. Uh, Some of my man CB uh, shout out just just put out there on the text line that Tennessee is considered to be the best, if not one of the best, defensive teams in the country. What if the two and two look like you go on the road, beat Tennessee, 
lose to Baylor at home, lose to Kansas at home, but then sorry at, on the road, and but then beat K State. Well, if you're a two and two, it looks like that. You beat your higher ranked win, teams. Win lose, win lose. Basically, win lose lose win. And then you, but That's, the teams you beat, you beat the top five teams, but you lose to Baylor and you lost to Kansas. Yeah, I mean one of those at home. I, Kansas, I'm gonna. Would you be uneasy about that too? And yeah, two? yeah, because Baylor and Kansas are gonna be really good at the end of the year. Like uh, we just know those are teams. That you're All these be, teams are gonna be good at the end of the year. I, I'm, but Baylor, <laughs> Baylor and Kansas, you're talking about two of the last national champions. Like that's what I'm saying. You, yeah. When you're saying that, those are national champions, and if you're losing against national champions, that makes me more uneasy when you get to tournament time that you're gonna be able to beat those teams in the in those pressure settings. I'd prefer, again, not to lose back-to-back games. And if we don't lose back-to-back, we're winning one of those, right? All right, yeah. I'm just saying, they, and like Kansas and Baylor both have bigs that are going to be problems for, like, I get it, but at the same part, I, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'll take the two and two however I can get it. I, I get it. I'm, I'm, I have higher expectations for this team. I agree with you. Yes, you should, but I'll take that. <laughs> that two, I'll, from that, from that, uh, you know, that four-game stretch, I'll just take two and two. If I can get two and two anywhere I can get it, I'll take it. Well, I want yeah. three and one. Uh, yeah. I want four and zero, but I, I exactly. So, no, does, so does Chan. Chan wants four and zero as well. We all want four and zero. Four and zero, baby. We all want four and zero, and I want Beyonce and my wife <laughs> in a menage a trois. But I don't know if it'll ever have it. So two but and Jay-Z's two. Jay Z's being works. a jerk about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So a picture of Beyonce on my phone and my wife next to me works. <laughs> two and two. Okay. <laughs> so said, the ideal world. Don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, you're right. Jay Z would not like that. Uh, but uh, uh, excuse us, Joe Camel. We got we got business to get up to here. Hey, why is Trakeman? Oh, Jay Z. <laughs> that is so true. I've seen those gifts. Uh, those memes with Troy Aikman and Jay Z, oh, and I don't know goodness. what that is. I don't know if somebody is photoshopping that, but that is freaky looking. Oh my god! I don't know what's going on? That's like a Y'all brother from another much. mother, another <laughs> color there. Uh, all right, uh, the McDonald's All American team uh, is showing some love to a Longhorn commit, actually to a few Big Twelve commits. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, five Big Twelve commits, as a matter of fact, made the All American McDonald's All American team. Uh, Twenty-four player team. Uh, the Big Twelve players. Iowa State, I hope I get this nine right, Omala Bilu, Um, He is the number 14 prospect in the 2023 class. Uh, Kansas, L. Marco Jackson. Um, he is a point guard, number 23 overall prospect. Oklahoma State has Brandon Garrison, number 50, 52 overall prospect in the 2023 class. Uh, Texas, power forward, uh, Ron Holland. Number mm-hmm. six overall prospect in the country. Yep. Uh, and Baylor shooting guard Jacoby Walter, number 21 overall prospect in the country. Uh, those are the uh, the Big 12 representatives uh, for the McDonald's All-American team. Bronny James made it, Bronny too. Bronny James is on there. Bronny guard. James. Okay, how about this, guys? Bronny James is the only what, – what, what does this say? Bronny James is the only member of the All-American team that's not committed to something. You Either know like to what the it G is. League or like to a school, he committed to nothing. What, yeah. does that, what does that say to you about? What does that say to me? He's worth more money on that first season than probably everybody else in that game because of who his dad is. It is true because NIL evaluation. I'm glad you said that because exactly what I went to. Yep. His NIL valuation by on three is says that he is worth seven and a half million dollars uh, for NIL deals. By the way, second. Uh, NIL value, this is it in an entire uh, college sports right, landscape, period, is Arch Manning. Yep. Say he's worth $3.7 million. That's a, that's a, that's a big drop. Yeah, he's going to I mean, yeah, cut yeah. it in half. Well, and you're talking about basketball and football. Yep. 
That's right. But I would say, I would say, Arch Manning could be worth more if he cared about social media. He does not care about it. At yeah, all. Oh, man, he's got his thing. LinkedIn. Exactly, which was fake. No which is not his. Yeah. Like, like he has, he doesn't care about social media at all. If he cared about social media, he could easily be worth oh, six, for sure. six, seven million. For sure. He, but he doesn't care. And about I want to point it. I want to point this out. You were talking about Mr. Holland and his representation in the the uh, McDonald's All American Game. He mm-hmm. became the twenty third player. In UT's program, which originally started with the one and only Chris Clack. Oh, my man, Chris Clack. Chris Clack was the first McDonald's All-American to commit like to the University That's of Texas. Man. The last one, obviously, is Ron, uh, Ron Holland. But you had Brian Boddicker, TJ Ford, Brad Buckman, LaMarcus Aldridge, Daniel Gibson, Mike Williams. Um, dang, I forgot about Mike Williams. Uh, DJ <laughs> Augustine, uh, Kevin Durant, John Lucas, Avery Bradley, Corey Joseph, Tristan Thompson, Mike Cabongo, Cameron Ridley, Miles Turner, Jared Allen, Andrew Jones, Mo Bamba, Greg Brown, Dylan Mitchell, Arturio Morris, and now Ron Holland. Nice. Yeah. I like it. So I like that list. What do you get for being a McDonald's All-American? Do you get something from Quarter McDonald's? Quarter pounder with cheese. Do you get like a, do I get a life, t- I get a year supply of McD's or something? Do I no, do- they give you one extra sauce when you order. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Get- I want to know. I don't know. We didn't McDonald's ask got to give you something. We well, that. I mean, in the past, they probably couldn't. That's, That's true. a great point. That is I, true. That's a great point. I never thought about that. But now they can. You get now some nice can. gear. So they got to give you something. Yeah, they got to pay you now. I, you wanna, gotta- I think you should get like McDonald's for a year. Well, that seems like a really bad thing to give one of the best players in the country. Hey, Dude, man. Hey, what? man. Here's some terrible Those kids food. eat McDonald's anyway. Everybody eats something from McDonald's. I, I know, but I a, year supply, a year supply is a lot. Well, you give it to somebody else. That's why you give you a gift card. Yeah, you yeah. hand it to somebody else. They give you a card. You, you it. re-gift it. Yeah, exactly. You hook somebody else up, man. You re-gift With them it. nuggets, man. Get that homeless man some nuggets out there. You're like, no, man. I got fries for life. I'm yeah, good, bro. I'm you good, have some dog. of these. You know yeah. what I'm saying? All right. I don't know what they give for Mickey, for Mickey D's All-Americans, but they should do something. Do they like when you call it Mickey D's? Do, yeah. they, take a, do they take offense to that, McDonald's? No, 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 as long as you don't call it McDowell's. McDowell's. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Golden Arches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Golden Arches. Uh, all right, uh, we come back. We'll get into uh, the Mel Kuyper latest mock draft. He's showing some love to the Longhorns, but also maybe showing some love to the Cowboys, too. Hey we'll talk now. about that mock draft coming up right here on Rod's Round today, right here on Baltimore Line, wonderful nine horn. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's Rant of the Day. Hold on to your butts. All right, two things before we get started on Rod's Rant of the Day and have the Bijan conversation. Uh, First, shout out to the texter here who... (laughs) 
who had a, an image uh, of me photoshopped in a doghouse saying uh, with the text, Rod's wife, you want Beyonce? Then invite her over to your new house out back. <laughs> it's a picture of me in the doghouse. Well done there. I like well that. I but like I will, that. That's I, dope. That's I, my, dope. I, my retort texter is that my wife is a bigger Beyonce fan than me. I call her a lesbianse because she is not a lesbian, but she says she will be for Beyonce and Beyonce only. So I probably would be able, maybe I'll be watching, but I would be in the room. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? My wife is all about Beyonce. All right. Uh, also, we talked about uh, McDonald's All-Americans. We were talking about the Texas player Absolutely. Uh, who was named the McDonald's All-American, Ron Holland. And uh, I, I asked the question, I wonder what the McDonald's All-Americans get. Do they get like a, I don't know, a lifetime supply of McDonald's? You had, because Harsh knows every damn body, a McDonald's All-American hit you up. Yeah, no doubt. They doubt. They said uh, our man Chris Clack Chris said Clark. they get a jersey, a Super Bowl-type ring, a plaque, Ooh. and an introduction to the elite group of the 25 best players in the nation. And he goes, and I think I got a watch, but it's been so long ago. He probably, that means he re-gifted that watch to somebody. He probably did. He re-gifted that watch. So no, no McDonald's <laughs> gift card or nothing? He, he didn't put that one in there. No, not even a free meal or a free number five with cheese? They probably, that's exactly what they got when they came back to the locker room. Here you go. Here you go. Here's an awesome the, McDonald's. <laughs> Eat what it is right now. It was now. on their stool. Exactly. A little bag Congratulations. of McDonald's. That's crazy. You just had 20 points in the game. You but, get McDonald's. No, Pat. Patrick's right, though. Prior to the the change in NIL becoming the, the the law of the land, maybe they could not. They were restricted by some stupid NCAA Verified. rule. Everything has to be approved. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. So ba- I wonder now what they get. Because back in uh, Chris's day, yeah, he like all of us, he was being exploited. He, he was. He was being exploited, <laughs> man. He was being exploited. Uh, uh, well, Bijan, well, Bijan wasn't being exploited. He wasn't being used enough. We know yeah. that. He's, we wish he was being exploited a little bit more by Steve Zarkeesian, <laughs> but he was not. Uh, but he still proved to be one of the best running backs in the history of the University of Texas, actually in history of college football, period. Generational player. And well, Mel Kuyper had his latest uh, mock draft, gentlemen, and he has Bijan in his latest mock draft going too hard. Your Dallas Cowboys. How you like that? At number 26, Mel Kuyper's got the Cowboys taking Bijan Robinson. It's a hype train, Rod. It's a hype train. They're trying to get us to believe what Mel Kuyper's saying. They got us believing. This is mock draft number one. That is you true. know he's going to have about 14 of them <laughs> by the time we get to the draft. And we're going to try to – Bijan going to play for everybody in the NFC East. <laughs> and then he's going to go up to Buffalo. He's gonna ha- he's gonna be all up on the East Coast. Watch Todd McShay, I think, had him and his mock draft. Remember earlier, he had him at like to go to the Eagles. To the Eagles, I yeah. believe. So you could be right about that. They feeding that. off each other. It was number one. Let's see what it is on the final mock draft. Yeah, you're right. And even that won't matter. Exactly. Uh, I-, I say Bijan's sweet spot for me is 15 to 25, somewhere in there. Okay. I think somewhere in there, if a team's just not really high on him and that's already picking there. I think a team who is picking low, a lower, uh, you know, drafting team in the first round. I don't know, somewhere twenty nine, you know, down. All right, somebody who considers it could be a luxury pick potentially, or a team that has multiple picks in the first round, and then consider Bijan a luxury pick that could really put them over the top and make them a Super Bowl contender. Looking at, uh, you know, Philadelphia, but hell, Buffalo could use a guy like that. 
I don't know if Kansas City would, but Patrick mentioned him. They could use a, a, a presence like Bijan that would put them over the top. But, hell, man, Andy Reid can make it work with any damn body. No doubt. Uh, but I see 15 to 25. I think he'll be gone before the Cowboys draft unless they're going to move up. And there's no way that the Cowboys are going to move up in this draft to go get a running back. No. And usually I'm against drafting running backs in the first round anyway. But Bijan is special, so I can – you can justify it. You can justify picking a Bijan in the first round. I always say that's a Randy, that's like the Randy Moss exception. They're just a freak of nature, and you got to pick them anyway. Saquon was kind of like that, and that didn't work out. All right? No, some people, uh, this year is the first year that it worked out, but now he's about to be a free agent, and yep. now you got to pay him. So usually I'm against drafting running backs in the first round, but if you're a team, like I said, like a Buffalo, or say Philadelphia doesn't win it, and you need somebody to put you over the top, Bijan is the cherry on top. You can put some Bijan on it, and honestly, if they put some Bijan on Dak Prescott, little Bijan on that offense, it would help Dak Prescott out immensely. It yep. would make Dak Prescott a better player. It would also make Josh Allen a better player. It would um, make a lot of players. It would make Jalen Hurts a better, better player. player. Yeah. So I could see I could see like three teams, three or four teams doing it. I think like I said 15 to 25. That's the sweet spot. I don't know if he goes before that because running backs are devalued in the NFL. And I don't know if he drops to where the Cowboys are because he's just so damn special. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So he's I think definitely that's something. What it's there's yeah, a, I mean, we'll know closer to the draft of there's always at least one team you'll hear that is like really high on a guy. And so whatever team comes out and it's like, man, they're all in on Bijan, it'll be about three or four picks before them. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. It's a great yep. point. Yeah. That's how it always why I think ends the Cowboys, up. maybe they do like him, but he'll somebody will pick him up right before that. I like this texter, um, ATX James, Bijan to Miami. I know it sounds crazy. Miami, I think Miami's going to make a move of some sort in the offseason. I don't know what it's going to be. And they Now, remember, they don't have their first this year because of the yeah, collusion they charges. Trade a they also traded away a bunch of stuff for Tyreek Hill. Oh, they traded a future? For, they did. Yep. So they, did. they yep. may the not have a ton of right. value to be able to get back up for it. Yeah. I love him in a Mike McDaniel offense. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I'd love to see him play in that scheme. Yeah. But right. I'm not sure if it's possible. Yeah. But you never know. They, they would have, No, I think they would have to trade like a, a – a, Two, like three years in the future first, and, and I don't believe the NFL lets you grandfather picks. No, and I think that once you're past like the third generation, you can't yeah, trade those. And I think there's something where it's like you you may be able to work out something if it is like to twenty to Seattle who wants to go down to go. All right, we're going to give you two seconds, uh, a third and a fourth for a number twenty pick. They may go for that because you're just giving a lot of picks at that point. Yeah, like what Channel did basically for Christian McCaffrey. He never gave up a first, but he gave up yeah. what multiple second, multiple middle round picks uh, in multiple years. And they decided, all right, you know what? On our draft chart, that adds up to the equivalent of a value of a first round pick or whatever it may be. Uh, but yeah, Bijan, listen, Bijan's gonna be the first running back drafted. I think we're, now we're past that discussion. He's gonna be the first running back drafted, and he will be a first round pick where he goes. Um, I mean, that's, I, I think, up for debate. Like I said, I think 15 to 25 is the sweet spot because I think a team that is drafting at the bottom of the first round, I think they see him dropping and go, dude, let's go. And the right. NFL better pray and hope that it ain't Buffalo, that it ain't Philly, and that it ain't Kansas City. Because if he gets to one of those teams, trouble. I like the Bijan to Detroit uh, suggestion I've seen on the spec sex line a couple of times, too. But they got running backs. They got Swift, and they got, was it Jamal Williams? Jamal Williams. They do. I love this football team. Yeah, but honestly, yeah, they decided to move off him. But, I, yeah, I could. I, I, mean, I like that. I, I don't know where he's going to end up, but like I said, I think I know where. I, and in terms of where in the draft, I don't know where he goes in terms of what team drafts him. But I think I know where in the draft. 
like right around that sweet spot. Okay, so I'm looking at this draft order and who needs what and what the plans are going to be. There's not a lot of teams, because to your point, that value the running back position. not these days. But he is one of those exceptional players. And even if you're looking to possibly add a piece or move a piece, and I like the Miami one. I really do like the Miami one because Mostert, what are you going to get from him? You're still, yeah, but Bijan can run. Not like that, but he can run. And he has better hands. I think Bijan has better hands. So he's going to put you in that position. I was also looking at the Raiders. What are the Raiders going to do? Because if they don't re-sign Josh Josh Jacobs, he's going to be a hot commodity on the the open market if they don't try to re-sign him. And then I also started looking at the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons is somebody that could be moved around, make that make a move down to your point, and try to grab him there. So there's a lot of of, 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 of places that you we don't see it in the big picture, but there's something there. And the last team that I was thinking about was the New Orleans Saints because eventually mm-hmm. they're gonna have to move off of Kamara because Kamara is gonna demand a lot of money as well. That's not bad. Yeah. So I I you know what I. That's interesting, the one uh, about Atlanta, though, yeah. with Arthur Smith. He yeah. know how to use a Bijan, too, right. really well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's, like I said, it's a number of different spots. I mean, I, Bijan is a game changer. It's going to change a franchise for for the better, no matter where he goes. But I, I, I the do. The real I, winner might be Rojo, though. It might be. I mean, you Rojo, he's he going to get be, drafted. And he's um, going to be, he's probably going to land into a spot where he's going to come in and open a ton of eyes. Uh, yeah, but Rojo is going to end up – so he's going to make a roster. And I think for running back, he's ideally – and not that you don't want Bijan's talent. It, it's exceptional and immense. But remember right. what I said. If you look at broken tackle rate, yep. actually Rojo had a higher broken tackle rate than Bijan. No doubt. Over, over a two-year stretch. <laughs> he mm-hmm. actually led the country in broken tackle rate ahead of Bijan Robinson. Now, Bijan had more forced missed tackles um, and more broken tackles because he just got the ball more. But if you look at rate of broken tackles, Rojo was just as good, if not better. And Rojo, by the way, when he you draft him in the, I don't know, third, fourth mm-hmm. round, wherever you draft him, you ain't going to pay a lot of money for Rojo. It's going to be a bargain. And I think it's you could be- use <laughs> him like how the, the Lions used Jamal Williams a lot this year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Jamal Williams broke Barry Sanders' rushing touchdown record this yeah. year. Yep. And if you use him in a, hey, man, we're not going to use all the time, but you're a short yardage back and you're this. Then you use him and oh, yeah. no, Ro- use him very well yeah. in the two running back system. No, I totally agree. And Rojo's not afraid to block. No. Rojo will block for you. I mean, and he I'm, plays special teams. I, mean, yeah. I think I like Rojo in a system with, I don't know, say a Tony Pollard. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I like, I, him, yeah. I like him replacing a Zeke. I don't know. Just no, I like I, him I'm do, I like in a system where basically they use Rojo in, in two back sets the way that uh, Matt LaFleur uses his two yeah. tailback sets. Yep. Uh, with Aaron, uh, with Jones, and with what's the big dudes? Uh, 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 Dylan. Dylan. Yeah, yes, AJ thank you very Dylan. much. AJ yeah. Dylan. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, yep. I mean, I, I'm with you on that because I think he's a man. When you get a hold of that kind of power uh, and that type of uh, you know the, the, the measurables um, that he has, it's really really impressive. Okay, uh, that's Bijan. Uh, Mel Kuyper's got him mocked on this latest mock draft to the Cowboys at 26. Oh, by the way, Texans he has uh, mocked uh, to draft C.J. Stroud in the first round with the number two overall pick for them. Uh, all right, we come back. We'll get another off the record, and then uh, we'll get you off to the 6 o'clock hour right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.
All right. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie, and the movie is uh, Blues Brothers. I guess my confession should be that I've only seen Blues Brothers once in my life, and I've never felt the need to rewatch it. Is that bad? That's it's not bad. You've no, seen it. It's, yeah. I'm just, yeah I, I saw, I, I, I've watched it. This is, this is one of those ones I watched as a kid, and so it always is, like, and again, it's like it introduced me to a lot of, like, black music yeah. and soul music and stuff that I just didn't. As yeah. a, you know, probably 10-year-old kid to know. Is Blues Brothers considered a musical? No, I don't think it is. Even though I, it's I get a lot it's closer, of music but in it? I don't think the music is really uh, plot-centric. I feel in a musical, the music needs to be somewhat more plot-centric. It needs to, like, spontaneously burst out into song well, like, like, while also uh, in the middle of discourse or yeah, conversation. Yeah, like the song, <laughs> if you take the song out, the movie wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Blues Brothers makes sense without the songs in it. Okay. Okay. All right, but that's just your tech. Is your, are you really, just, I don't know what the actual tech, take that, like, of it. Yeah. Technical or it okay, could yeah. be, and if it yeah. is, then it's my favorite musical. <laughs> yeah, because it, it, it has a lot of music. That's why I'm wondering. It does. Like, but you're right. I, it's not like the musicals like La La Land, where like talking to somebody is like, "Did you go to the doctor this morning?" <laughs> yeah, and, like, and like, and like, so this is yeah. uh, this Minnie the Moocher is Cab Calloway coming out and performing on a stage in front of people. Yeah, so. Not so much that it's randomly bursting into songs, so much as there's a band there's set a up. Song. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So there is, I think, like Aretha Franklin is, she is, she burst into song. Kind of that one's a little bit more, but most of them, like, they're out of place to play music. All right, okay, okay. All right, let me know if y'all think it's a musical or not, because I think it bo- it's borderline. It, it's borderline. It's I will give you it's borderline. borderline. It's yeah. walking the line there between being a musical. I guess it's kind of yeah. I mean, there's some other uh, movies like that. Like some people don't consider. Like um, the five heartbeats. Some people say that's not a musical. I was like, Wait, I think what? it is a musical. Five heartbeats. That's gotta be. But they they, they have, it's a it's based on a group that was singing. So they don't always randomly burst into song, though they does happen one time when, I the, see what you're when the sister I does. Got you. The sister randomly breaks into song in the apartment. Remember? I got you. Where she's talking. Well, she was right. They were right. They, yeah. were, they were sweeping. They were right, in there. writing yeah, the right. song, and they and started singing the song. They were writing. The place. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I guess it's that line of if this music, if the movie is about music. Then is it really a musical, like, or is it, if if this movie is about something completely arbitrary yeah, to music, it's, it's and they're the, singing the whole time? Is Walk the Line a musical? I wouldn't. I consider it a, doc, a docudrama. That's what I'm saying. But they sing the whole time. Yeah. But it's, it's like music's in it, but it's not a musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grease Two is my favorite musical. Oh yeah, because <laughs> gr- first of all, the I, fact that you take Grease Two over Grease the I original, were, I knew y'all just, were that's a, that's an abomination <laughs> of an opinion. Did you I take Grease Two over the original? Yeah. Somebody just said Eight Mile is my favorite music. <laughs> See, exactly. Eight Mile. Exactly. And Eight Mile is There you go. It's a great point. I love that. There you go. Uh, okay. Uh, let's get to this story real quick. Uh, apparently, guys, Dak Prescott and his girlfriend, Natalie, uh, I don't know if it's Buffet. Is it Buffet or Buffet? A Buffet. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure how she pronounces it. I don't want to be disrespectful. Um, but he and his girlfriend reportedly have broken up, according to Page Six. Um, and it says uh, after two years of dating, Page Six can exclusively reveal that Dak Prescott and Natalie have broken up. Multiple sources confirmed the longtime couple actually split around March of 2022, mm-hmm. but have kept it close to the vest. And we're also told Prescott has been casually dating. Okay, this is it. Relationship Dak and independent Dak. Dak broke up in March 2022. Just saying. 
Had a bad year. Well, she Make- left because she knew there was no chance for a ring. Nah! Get out of here! I love that. I like that. Well done. That's why she decided to move around. Uh, man. I like that. Well done. Yeah. Um, but no. Even I'm about to leave. Like, <laughs> uh, but no, I always said that Romo, Romo was a better relationship quarterback. Relationship Romo was better than independent Romo. Some guys are better at their athletic craft, if you will, um, in a relationship as opposed to not. And you know this, Arch, because mm-hmm. some guys get distracted and some guys can easily get focused with or without a good woman in their life because most of the time as a pro athlete, if you're not training and you're not working out and you're not playing, then you're chasing. Yep. And you know what you're chasing because it is undefeated. So Never lost. <laughs> and some guys, actually, they, they thrive in that environment. And some guys, no, nah, they're better when they have a little bit more domesticated lifestyle. Yeah. You know what I mean? So relationship, Romo, independent Romo, different players. Dak, independent Dak, is independent Dak a, a, a bad player? And relationship Dak a better player? That's is probably, that what we're saying Yeah, here? that's exactly what we're saying. Wow. Man. He, so, he on that Tom Brady uh, treatment. <laughs> he on that Tom Brady right now. Tom Brady too. On that, I'm on Dang. that Tom Brady pack. Right. Tom, <laughs> hey, Tom Brady too. He's a rela- relationship yep. Tom is way better than independent Tom. I think we all agree with that. Yep. So I don't know. We need to get Dak. First of all, we need to get him some better receivers and get him a running game. But we also need to get him in a stable, long-term relationship. Yep. It's better for Dak. It is definitely better for it's better yeah. for the Cowboys. See, Hookem 96, great point. Tiger, when he was juggling, juggling all these random pieces and strange out there, he mm-hmm. was killing it. He was. He was and then when he settled down, it didn't work out. Hey, for no, no, for the record though, he was with a he was in a relationship. He was married. During that whole point. So he had the, the basis at home and then went out and fooled around. But he wasn't married. That's true, but he needs to be. And then when he was divorced, he could still go out and do whatever he wanted at that point, and he was no good. But he didn't have the stability of the marriage. Yes. So he needs to be philandering. Yes. Philandering yes. Tiger. So he needs to be relationship plus philandering infidelity. Yeah, a tie to the relationship. Dude, that's y'all what, that y'all was do his remember key. he got beat with a club, and that's what messed up his game. <laughs> well, that was the only thing that messed up. Yeah. His game. He got, it messed up his psychologically, yeah, though. Was, it also messed him up too. He was because I agree, Patrick. I think I think your 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 lifestyle and the stability at home for some guys it's better than others, and they thrive in those certain environments. It's always always they always say this about comedians sometimes too that comedians, a lot of them thrive in chaos and that's bad for them. Their best stuff comes out when they're most miserable because yeah. they have their best art, they have their best opinions, they have their you know their best takes but yet that's bad for their life and so I think there's some of that too when it comes to pro athletes. Yeah. That give and take. That's the fair. The yin and the yang of it all. Um, Alright, uh, we'll go to break here. We'll come back. We'll talk more NFL news notes and nuggets on the other side right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.